This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50% to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash trip for free shipping and 365-day returns. Hello, everyone. It's your favorite podcast host here, Joe Redman, just letting you know that the TalkSport Fan Network is now proudly supported by McDelivery, bringing you the food you love. McDelivery brings a top-tier lineup of food right to your door. No matter the result, you'll always be winning with McDelivery. So the only thing left to say is, are you in? Order now on the McDonald's app. You can also get rewards points delivered too. So that ordering today means some tasty rewards for tomorrow. Only via the app at participating restaurants, 18 plus. Rewards registration required. Points only on menu items, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. Look back for Arfield. What a bowling! Scott Arfield! He's been threatening that recently. And all the Burnley players run to the Darwin end. Burnley win the next ball. It's Rory now. On the outside. He's on the Quickly finds Benson in space at the byline. Can Burnley get a goal here? Back for Browno. Saved by the keeper. That is magnificent. They deserve that. And he's on the outside, comes inside, comes up the shot, and a goal! Manuel Benson once more! That is top class! Burnley have done it! Fantastic! The Clarence deserve the championship title! They've been the best side throughout the campaign! Burnley have won the second tier! What a fantastic achievement! The players have been magnificent! Yes, hello everybody and welcome along to the latest episode of the Turfcast podcast, full-time show with me, Joe Redmond, after Burnley's defeat. I'm going to say poor showing, um, but that would be harsh. That would be harsh. We were much better yesterday um, defensively in open play, uh, but we'll get into all that. We'll get into all that. As you can see, I am joined by Sam East on the Clarets Roundup page. How are you doing, mate? I'm not bad, mate. Yourself? Yeah, I'm all right, mate. I'm all right, mate. This camera's already winding me up, though, as I was saying off air. So apologies if you're watching on YouTube. It's gone back to its annoying ways of just freezing every five seconds after it's been fantastic for the last few months. So I will try and sort that out as the show goes on. So fingers crossed we do get that sorted out. But Sam, thanks for coming on. It's been a pleasure. You can see that Neil's not here today. Unfortunately, Neil is ill. We're all very sad about it, but get well soon, Neil. It's nothing major. He's just eating something dodgy, he thinks. I won't go into 
what I suspect is coming out of both ends of Neil um, <laughs> too much. But um, yeah, he's not well, so I've been missing out this week. I'm sure I'll be back next week, even though there's obviously no game next week. We've already discussed in the WhatsApp group that we will be doing some stuff. Uh, morning to everybody in the chat. Liam Beach is in the chat. He says, love the channel, lads. Great content. Cheers, mate. Massively appreciate that. Um, even with the dodgy camera, people still like the, the content. But it's all about me and you, in it, Sam? And, and Neil and Liam and, and Isaac and the people that we get on. It's all about us, in it? I think that's what people love. I think they just think we're absolute characters, really, don't we? Potentially. Potentially, mate. That, that could be it. <laughs> that could be it. Um, I am I am here still at the camera. <laughs> I would suggest it's completely gone. I'll change it to the to the, the other camera in a second, everybody. Don't worry. Uh, Jamesy Lad says, morning, Clarets. Morning, mate. Ginger Alice says, hi, guys. Relegation beckons. Now, I don't necessarily disagree too much with you, Ali, but can we have a bit more positivity on a Sunday morning, please? A bit more positivity. Uh, Andy Benny says, morning, guys. Even if we're not good enough, we're at least improving slightly on the past few, few weeks. Agree with that. Agree with that. There's obviously still massive issues there. Um, but, yeah, I, I, I do agree with that. Um, Groove Studio says, morning, Clarets. John Faulkner says, bonjourno, fellas. You're absolute somethings. I, whatever you're trying to say, mate, I, I appreciate it. And Muzarmil, apologies if I've uh, pronounced that wrong, mate. I'm sure he have. Says, morning, Claret. Shattered from last night's travels. Think we played well despite our 18-yard box shenanigans. I'd say almost six-yard box shenanigans, uh, to be honest with you, uh, Muzarmil. But thank you for the message, mate. And, uh, yeah, you deserve a medal for going down to Arsenal yesterday. And Ginger Alley is laughing at the fact that I said we could do with some more positivity. But, Sam, a lot of people have said there in the comments that, you know, it was better. Uh, but, obviously, the defensive issues still remain. What are your thoughts on yesterday's match? Yeah, a lot better. Uh, a team that finished second last season, a team that's been flying again this season. Um, and we didn't make it easy for them like we have done in other games. So <clears throat> I suppose that is a positive. Um, wow, what a change. <laughs> <laughs> it's horrible, this camera angle, isn't it? I hate it. I hate it. But yeah, sorry, it's just going to have to be done for now. Sorry, go on, sir. No, it's all right, mate. Um, no, and, and then, and then like you say, <clears throat> defensively, we are still shambolic. Um the goals that we've conceded, there's such pushover goals. It's so disappointing to see. I would much rather see us concede screamers every single week, like against Bradford, where we concede one against Embuemo and Godo. It's like, I'd rather see that. I can't. Yeah. And I know people are calling out the set-piece coach and, and things like that. And I, I understand why we're doing that, because we are conceding so many. But, like, uh, fundamentally, all he can do is set us up with the team. But... Look at our look at our defensive line. Like we're not a big side anymore. Like we used to have Taki mm. and Ben Mee and yeah. players that were really dominant in the box. We don't have that now. We have ball playing centre halves, and when they're in that in those situations, they're out of the comfort zone. So I think that's why we're conceding so many goals. The goals we conceded the other day were poor. I mean, Saka has no right winning a header in the centre of the box against defenders. That's the thing um, that annoys me the most about that goal, man. Yeah, it's just, it's just so ridiculous. Poor. And then Trossard wins the resulting header as well against another defender. And I know he's ahead of yeah. him, but uh, Saliba, obviously, is a big centre half, but it's just pointless. Um, but yeah, a lot better, but it, it still just shows like where we are. Like, we don't have like I thought we were better from the perspective of we stayed in the game longer, and yet again yeah. it's like United like you're in the game and you're doing well and you're doing what we've wanted you to do all season, where we just want to get to half time nil nil, and then like you can see on forty fifth plus one it's like 
come on, lads, like just get to half time once without giving us a mountain to climb every time. But 100% agree with people. The performance was a lot better. It was better. And it was better from open play, wasn't it? I think I think that's the thing that we can all say it's better from open play, but the defensive issues are still <laughs> there. And that's the thing that annoys me the most. Uh, before we get deeper into the conversation, I do just want to make a couple of announcements. As you can see from a T-shirt and those of you that follow me on um, Twitter and stuff, obviously after Lyle's uh, announcement this week with him struggling with his mental health, I decided to team up with Casual Minds Matter. They're a shop in Burnley Town Centre that uh, experience, I'll just quickly get it on before the camera freezes again, in mental health and well-being to try and help out men and women, uh, anyone struggling from any mental health issues, I'll just quickly get the piece of paper up again. Uh, I know I put it on my Twitter, but they have uh, PTSD support groups, suicide awareness and prevention groups, anxiety awareness, anger management and grief awareness. And these all, I'm showing you the page as if my camera's working. It's not. There it is. I'm sure. And these all, like that one there was on the 27th of October. So you might be looking at that thinking, oh, I've missed that. Don't worry. After, they all just keep running on. So after the next one, uh, which will be now on the 17th, what date are we on? Yeah, the 17th. Uh, then there's one on the 24th. These ones all start again uh, and start again. So if you ever feel you need something or some help, just give them a call. Uh, and they have a 24-hour phone number as well, um, which I did post on my channel. Uh, it might be this one, 01282222290. That is a phone number at the bottom of the sheet, but it doesn't say that, that one's 24 hours. They do have a 24-hour phone number. Um, but uh, if you do need more information, head to their website, which I think off the top of my head is just um, www casual it is it's casualmindsmatter.com so yeah just thought obviously with lyle's thing this week um that we'd, we'd team up with somebody and try and push a message because i just thought we i don't do enough of that to be fair for the platform i've got not that i you know not that i don't think mental health is important i do i just thought it's probably good to to help push um somebody that, that does quite a lot of stuff and as you can see in the top right hand corner we have a new logo it says wave car finance uh, we are partnered up with a local car company called wave car finance who obviously um finance cars that's a part of their thing and i've, I've teamed up with these and these are going to sponsor the um the full-time show from now on they've given us a script they've given us logos so you will see more of their stuff um on the shows on the full-time shows um over the next over the next couple of months at the very minimum um but yeah i was uh a few months back my car actually completely brought down like just out of nowhere oh, i say out of nowhere there were signs i just ignored them um but then completely brought down and i had to go to wave car finance with with no deposit in a way because I, this was meant to be my deposit for my next car this car and then it broke and it was completely worthless and they sorted me out within like three weeks you know got me in a, a decent car for for you know a decent price um so um yeah I, i'll be teaming up with them and, you, and you'll see more of them the camera's gone all together now lads um, and lasses so i will I will have to change that. But yeah, let's get back into it. Uh, we've mentioned how we were better in open play, Sam, defensively, uh, and we were. But obviously, the main issues arose through set pieces, uh, and there was some shocking defending from set pieces. But it wasn't just set pieces, because the first goal was a cross. Obviously, it's, it's a similar kind of thing, set piece, corner, cross. Um, but the issues were still there, weren't there? And it seemed a lot worse from set pieces this time. Yeah, I think, you know, this is the... This is the, I mean, I, I, the thing is, without, because like I say, I do want to caveat what I'm about to say with the fact that we did play better, but it's almost like this team has so many Achilles heels. Like, we concede from open play a lot. We concede from balls over the top. We concede with balls in behind. We concede with corners. We concede all over the shop. Like, 
yeah it's not one root thing but the set pieces are a big part of it and we said it last season as well so my thing is if we said at the start of last season that one of our biggest areas of improvement is set pieces and then we go into a premier league season and don't even don't add any height don't add any depth in defense like the same problems were going to happen but against better players so now we're in a position where you're coming up against William Saliba. He's beating every single player on our team to that to that ball in the box. Like, you know, and, and I just think it's it's one of those situations, a game where, you know, hindsight's a wonderful thing, but you can only go back to recruitment. And recruitment so far, we haven't brought in players that go against our weaknesses, in my opinion. Like, yeah. you know, our, our biggest Achilles heel of all of them is set pieces and we didn't add any height whatsoever to the team. We just added technical players that can play with the ball. But when the ball's in the air, you can't play with the ball. You have to get the ball out. You have to clear the ball. And we don't have the ability to do that at the moment. Yeah, I mean, I'm going to do something a little bit different this week. And what I'm going to do is I'm going to bring in some screenshots of the goals um, because I can't, obviously can't show the goals and I'd like to go through the goals. Um, so I'm just going to bring in some screenshots of the goals. And while I'm doing that, it'll give me a chance to leave the room and come back in so then you can't see me disappear. Um, so here is the first one, Sam. Um, we've mentioned it already. Um, but um, Saka there in between Sanderberg, who played very well, I thought, um, mm -hmm. but he should be winning that header there. So I know Charlie Taylor got a lot of stick from it, and those of you who can, who were looking at it, I know some of you will be listening on the podcast, so apologies, you won't be able to, 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 to see this. Um, but then you've got Sanderberg in front of Saka. Saka's got his hand on him. Not a foul, I'm just, I'm just sort of like trying to refer to how, how you mm -hmm. can see who he is. Um, and then you've got Charlie Taylor at the back, who's being climbed on, and probably if you're nitpicking, that potentially could be. I'm, I'm not going to say for any any shape or form that that's the reason why we conceded. However, like you said, Sam, there, Saka has no right to win that header. So you've got Saka yeah. winning that header there. You've got Trafford setting himself, probably because he's seen that Saka's about to win a header, to set himself to make a save there. So mm -hmm. he does become a little bit flat-footed when the ball goes towards um, Darba Roche. And is it Trossard who gets the goal? It is, isn't it? Yeah. Uh, when, it go when it goes towards Darba Roche and Trossard. And you mentioned earlier, like, I, you mentioned Darba Roche, who, yeah, Trossard's then again got in front of Darba Roche. And you said, all right, fair enough. It was in front of him. If you look on that actual screen there at that moment, mate, is not. And Darba Roche's caught ball yeah. watching. And it, it's, just, it's just poor all round from Burnley. It really, really is. It's just, it's almost like decision making. Like, our decision making is, 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 it's not horrendous, but when we get into the defensive side of the game now, like it's so poor. Like, like I mean, for example, right, and this is just my opinion, but just look at that defending. Like, you've got Luca, who he's just kind of stood around. You've got Sanderberg going up for a header, which he should win, and a little nudge in the back by someone who's like five foot six should not off balance you that much. That one at the back stick, in my opinion, on the still image, looks like a foul on Charlie Taylor. But, he, obviously, he doesn't play the ball, so you can't give that. It's flat-footed. You've got three defenders ball-watching. Like, it, it, it's just poor. How many players have they got in the box compared to us? And they have three players more advanced than us. Like, why are yeah. we not deeper? Why are we not, why are we not looking at the fact that, OK, we don't have the right amount of height, so we even need to play a high line and catch them offside? Or we need to drop back deep and just throw bodies at the ball. Like, and we're now in a position where that to me looks like 3v3, and none of those players look switched on at all. Charlie Taylor looks like he's 
he's getting wrestled to the floor. And yeah. how Dara O'Shea doesn't see that run. Like, I know, but then yeah. again, but the, no, but then again, turning out of Dara O'Shea saying that three men just ball watching, give him a shout. I can guarantee no, no one there is looking at the runner Trossard, nobody. So, as much as I do think Dara probably is at fault at that, no one, it looks to me currently like no one's even giving him a shout that he's running in behind. So, yeah, I, I agree. I, I guess we'll never know whether he's giving a shout or not. I, I think for me, there, I think all three of them, all f- uh, Trafford got a lot of stick for that. I'm not going to say all four, um, but I, I don't think Trafford can do. No. He could probably be a little bit more switched on and, and maybe not set himself if you're being proper nitpicker. But a lot of people gave Trafford a lot of stick for that. That then, I, I I think the three ahead of him are all more at fault than he is yeah, for that one. That, that's that's what we've been arguing though for the last few weeks. Though is like so at one point there was there was a genuine genuine shout for Murich. There was there was a genuine genuine shout for Murich because James Trafford wasn't doing what he was supposed to do. He wasn't collecting crosses. His distribution was poor, and um and we were conceding left, right, and centre. There is a lot more ownership now, in my opinion, on the defence. Because the goalkeeper yeah, is making saves, he's making plays. Like my shout for Murich was to try something different. My shout for Murich was never James Trafford's rubbish. Get him out of goal. My 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 shout with it was we have to try something. And I do feel like we are lacking from back to front. Whereas now my opinion's completely changed. Like James Trafford's making some brilliant saves, and he is he is getting himself. He is adhering himself to certain fans. I know certain fans, you know, go back to the same opinions and stick with it all season and, yeah. you know, can't change. Like, my thing with it is he wasn't at fault for a lot that happened yesterday. And for the last kind of two or three weeks, I don't think he's really been at fault. I think that defence puts him in some of the worst situations he can be in as a goalkeeper. And he's still pulling off pretty decent saves. But when you have 17 shots on target per game, you're going to concede three or four goals. It's not his fault that his defence literally allow allow teams to win at his box, take shots from edge at box, like get into the box. Like My, my ownership now has gone onto that defence because that defence, in my opinion, I, I we've seen some brilliant Burnley teams in the past and last season's Burnley team was absolutely fantastic. And I feel like yeah. this team, we are so much worse and... I can't. I couldn't quite put my finger on it at the start because we're still trying to, you know, figure out what it is. It is the defense. We've spent so much money on wingers. We're now in a position where we don't have a steady defense. We've got Bayer and a kid at centre back. Like, let's be real. Al Dakil should not play Premier League football. He's he's nineteen. He, he he should be given time to bed his way into the team. Then you've got Al. He's injured, so who knows when he comes in? We might solidify ourselves a bit more. I think Vatinho has been. Absolutely fantastic for us. He's, Last he's couple a lot of games, he's been brilliant. Yeah. Exactly, he's a lot more expansive. He can, you know, the defensive side of the game. Okay, fair enough. But like, we're going to concede three or four goals with that defense, regardless whether Vitinho's there or Connor Roberts is there. So I'd rather have somebody who's a little bit more progressive going forward. Charlie Taylor's been brilliant as well recently. Like, I mean, I know, I know, there's odd games where. You know, you make a, qu- a quick mistake like Bournemouth, but he's been relatively consistent. But I just think that that defensive unit together doesn't work. You know, individually they're all pretty decent players, but I just don't, I just don't think it works as a unit. And I feel like, like I say, hindsight, you go back to the transfer window. We spent 110 million pounds. We've bought Daro Shea, who I, I'm not being funny, but again, he's been thrown into a pretty tricky situation because 
he's he's going into a defensive line that has no consistency and he's leaking goals left, right and centre. And I wouldn't just put it down to him. And then you've got yeah. Del Quar who cost a million quid, who was just bought as a panic buy because we hadn't we didn't have as many centre backs as, or defenders as we wanted. Like so now we're in a position where we're looking at that hundred and ten million pounds and saying we can't we, we couldn't even really score goals a couple of weeks ago. Now we're leaking goals in left, right, and centre. We need defenders, like we need solid defenders, big defenders, people that are gonna change the game. And and I think recruitment's not been great, but that is the that is the thing that's letting us down at the moment. That defense and James James Trafford can hold his head up high the last few weeks. I think he's been brilliant. Yeah, I, it, I thought he played well yesterday. Um, we'll get on to the second and third goals in a minute, where I do think more more of him to blame, but it's not just him again. Uh, I left a comment on screen for a bit there from Solid Claris. He says, "Isn't Saka jumping with Bayer and Burge over to the left?" And after looking at the picture again, I'll just quickly yeah, bring it back it. on screen. Yeah, it is that. He's, I cut, I'm circling it as well. You can all see it, but yeah, yeah. Saka, Saka's in between. But yeah, the point still stands. As a unit, uh, mm. I weren't digging out any players. I was just saying, as a unit, you mentioned there, Sam, as well. As a unit, we're not good enough. Why do you think it is? Because individually, they're all half-decent players. Do you think we just need better players or do you think it's the system? Because we changed the system slightly yesterday. I say slightly, quite dramatically, mm. actually, in, in, terms of, <laughs> in terms of the actual formation. But the same problem still persisted. So what do you do differently? So I think without... Because I, I really don't like being that fan that goes back to what came before. Um, yeah. But that defensive line of Lauten, Tarkovsky, me, Charlie Taylor, right? That is a defensive line that would literally just mop anything that goes into the box. It's gone. It's pointless. You, you're not going to play into the box against Burnley because Tarky's going to win every header. Ben Mee is going to win every header. Like they were clever centre backs as well, so they would always be able to drop deep or press up if they needed to. Um, yeah. The, the the area where they struggled was little balls in behind, but it's so much more difficult to play through a team than it is to just lump a ball into the box and hope someone wins an header. Like, because you can put the ball in a dangerous area and it can drop to anybody. Like, that's what teams are doing to us now because we don't have the personnel to be able to deal with it. Like, I, I think I think the thing for me is if it, <clears throat> if we had, let's say, <clears throat> sorry, something in my throat. If we had Kuyate from Mets, right, and we managed to sign him the six foot three centre-back who's got a bit of pace about him and he's shown a bit of quality playing for Mets, I think if we had him, I think the team looks a little bit better. In, in my honest opinion, I just think we need a towering centre-back who is able to mop, mop up, play it to Bayer and let Bayer play out. Like What we have now is too many technical players. And like I say, even with Aldakil as well, like Aldakil's got the potential to be a very, very good centre-back. But right now yeah, he's not there. I agree. Yeah. Like He's not there. And that's the side of it that we need that, that needs addressing. Like, then what's what do you change? Well, after the international break, you've got an international player in in Kalmar Ekdal. Like, please just try it. I just want to see if he's burnt for pace for two straight weeks. Then you can turn around and say, well, nothing's going to work then because that's all we've got at his disposal now. Nothing's going to work. I just want to see it. I just want to see Ekdal, Bayer, Vitinho, Taylor, and I just want to see that defense tried tried out one time. I don't even mind leaving Trafford in, in going out. Like I'm 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 past that now because he's redeemed himself from the poor distribution. Doesn't seem like he's talking, not collecting crosses. He's redeemed himself from that because he's now doing better at all of those things. So he's playing his way 
in from my opinion, he's playing his way into being that that number one goalkeeper now. It's a shame for Murich because I do still think he could do a job. But yeah, right now Trafford's not the problem. Like the problem is the defense. And I think the reason, you know, going back to what you said, I think the reason for it is we don't have personnel that can deal with the goal, the goals that we're conceding. We're not getting played around because we have faster defenders, we have more intelligent defenders now. But the way that we are conceding is like you I mean, you know, go back to Brentford, two goals from outside the box, you know, yeah. um like you know, defensive defensively lax, you know, against Palace, you know, they were all just silly mistakes, which is all coming from the defence again. So they all have a mistake in them as well. Even even Bayer now, we've seen that. Um, even going back to like United, like it's a ball over the top from Johnny Evans. Bayer's caught flat-footed, doesn't press his man, and Bruno Fernandes hits it on the volley. Same again in this game. Like the balls come into the box. Bayer's jumped to Bukayo Saka of all players, lost out to a header, and then Trossard's got Darroshay flat-footed and doesn't nodded it in. Like yeah, we don't have players that can that can cope with that kind of that kind of attack and clearly that's that is going to cost us now because teams now can see Burnley can concede from in the nicest possible way as well because I don't just want to just like fully go in on the team because like I say there is positives to take and we probably will move on to that but right now we can concede from any type of football like any team can come to us and we can get caught in behind we can get caught from corners we can get caught from crosses like there's we can get caught from shots from outside box like there is currently no way that we can't concede in games and yeah it is really disappointing to see because, like I say, last season I thought it was one of the best Burnley teams I've ever seen. And this season it's like, I, I cannot believe the transition from that team to this team because this team is a, is a million times worse. And I'm sorry to say that because I don't like to just be negative, but it it, it is, it's, it's a million, if you put that team next to this team, it's a million times worse. I agree, to be fair. I think if last season's team played this season's team, last season's team would win uh, and probably pretty comfortably. They'd just, just strangle the life out of them, pass them to mm. death. Um, and Or just, well, I was going to say, or pump some balls into the box. We never really did that last season, but we'd yeah. have Barnsley. So we, we could mm. we could go to that and do that last season. Um, Ginger Alley says, uh, I want that T-shirt, Joe. How do I get one? Uh, I'm not sure where you're based, mate, but if you're based in Burnley, there's a shop in the town centre called Casual Minds Matter. Just go into there. They sell them in there. That's where I got mine from. Only 15 quid and all profits go straight to helping out the, the mental health and well-being side of the of the organisation. If you're not based in Burnley, mate, just go on to casualmindsmatter.com forward slash shop or backslash shop. Just go on to casualmindsmatter.com and uh, there's a thing at the top saying shop. You will be able to find it on there. Um, we spoke briefly about Trafford there, mate, and you did say sort of like he's, he's, not, he's doing better at things like that. I'll just bring in the second goal. Now, I appreciate this is a bit zoomed out. Don't worry, I've got I've got better versions in a second. But this is the second ball. Saliba's directly in front of Trafford there. Trafford got even more stick for this <laughs> one, um, saying he should be commanding his area a bit more. And I do think there is an element of that. Um, but I'll just quickly bring in the next screenshot. This is... I don't know why it got to give us a quick flash of me and you then. Uh, but this is... Um, <laughs> As the corner's being taken. So you can see what why I think the main reason why this goal is scored against us is because we have the brainwave of having Zeki Amdune, Mark William Saliba. I have that I think that's the reason why we concede this goal personally. Whether mm. a lot of people have been saying we now use zonal marking rather than man to man, either way, it's ridiculous. Because if you're doing man to man and saying to Zeki, 
you get on Amdune, just like, I mean, it's a bit different for the Everton match because it was Cullen on Tarkovsky, but it was a cross. This one's an actual corner, so you have a chance to set yourself. Mm-hmm. This time they've gone, you, Mark Saliba, one of the smallest men on the pitch. Um, but uh, you can see, and again, sorry, I can't point to it with my mouse because I've just it's just an image. Um, but you can see, obviously, there, just to the right-hand side of the picture, is Zeki Amdune on the 25 on his back. Uh, you could just see Saliba there poking through uh, the side of him there. That's how the corner's being taken. And this is literally five seconds later. You've got Saliba in front. The ball's landing on his head. Trafford's just stuck there. No, nowhere to go because Saliba's gone in front of him. And it's and he, I think that, for, for, for me, this one, Zeki Amdouni needs to stick with his man better. I do think mm-hmm. Trafford needs to be stronger because, <clears> as I'll show later in the third goal, because he sees a man coming... He pushes him out of the way. But with this one, he just comes on the blind side of him. Because obviously, I can't show the image. But if you watch it, the, the picture, sorry. But if you do watch it, you can see that Saliba comes on Trafford's right-hand side. So he basically mm-hmm. runs in the net and then runs in front of him. Zeki yeah. Amdouni is not tracking his man properly. I do think Trafford should be a little bit stronger. But it is, it's mm-hmm. in that moment where it's he's all of a sudden he's there and bang, it's a goal. He doesn't have time to react. The, 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 the entire system, again is the reason why we concede that goal for, Matt, for me. What are your thoughts, mate? Um, go back to the first image. That one? Uh, sorry, second image. My apologies. Um, TV. So there you look go. At, look at how many players are on the right-hand side of Trafford, then go to the third image. Mate, they've all moved over to the left-hand side and there's not a single one of them off of the floor. Nobody, yeah. nobody's challenging that header. Nobody, everyone's followed the men all the way along, and not a single one of them is challenging the ball. Amdouni's in the goal for some reason, so he's clearly ran around the back of Trafford. Well, that's what so, Saliba did, didn't he? So I think he just followed Saliba. Saliba ran round the back and into the net. So I think he just shit himself. This is followed thing, Saliba, though. and then and then and then the and then he's already in front of him before Zeki's got any chance to do anything. But so this is but this is my point though. Like the ball's coming in, and yes, Trafford could be a little bit more, you know, on the ball to Saliba's coming or getting front. But mate, everyone's moved from the right hand side over to the left hand side. There's not a single one challenging the ball in, in in any of that. Not a single one of them is off the floor trying to win that header because no one's actually like if that is zonal marking, which it completely looks like. That is absolutely horrendous because all they've done is move from one side to another and someone's jumped up in air and won an header and not a single person's even challenged it. If you can't do zonal marking, don't do it. Like, yeah. As much as I do think Trafford could command his box better there, there's six Burnley players around the same man and not a single one of them's even off at floor. Like, If you're at least going to do zonal marking, at least make sure that you're doing it properly. What is Zeki Andouni doing behind the line in the goal? Like, yeah. that's you're not going to do anything from there. Like, I know you could argue, oh, if Saliba does win the header and he blocks it off the line, like, brilliant. But I don't understand how you can, how everybody can be on right hand side at box and all end up on left hand side and everyone's still turning around and go, oh, bloody hell, Saliba's up there. Like, challenge the ball. Like, you defenders. Look at the ball, read the flight of the ball, and if it's not your man, it isn't your man because you're not doing man-to-man marking, you're doing zonal marking. So where's your zone? Get in it, jump at least, or try and put him off. Like that, exactly that. We have too many lightweights in the team. Nobody's nobody's taking ownership of anything. Nobody's looking at the situation and going, right, we need to watch William Saliba, a big towering centre-back, because we're not a big team. 
as yeah. much as I appreciate what you're saying, man, and I do, I do get what you're saying about Trafford. That is not on Trafford. Like that is such. No, a, I agree, it's not on him. I just think he could do better as well. He's a part of it, but like to people that would be saying that, that is such a weak argument. Like, oh, yeah, we I agree. can think he's a corner with seven defenders in box and the goalkeepers to blame. Like, what are you on about? Like, the the seven other blokes that could have won that ball and not a single one of them challenged for it. So just because Trafford's not come out, punched the ball away. The bloke's already in the air by the time Trafford's even seen where the ball's going. Like, we need... We we need defenders that n- need to be able to command their box. They need to be able to... They need to be able to have a system, play it. And this goes back to the conversation about the set-piece coach because that doesn't work now. You've seen it now. It doesn't work. Zonal marking doesn't work. We don't have the personnel for zonal marking, so don't do it. Like yeah. man to man, get your def- get your centre halves on their centre halves, get your big players on their big players. Sander Burge goes against Declan Rice, stops him pushing the keeper around because at the start as well, that's one of the biggest things. I play Saturday league football. There is no way that any striker or centre back or big tall CDM is pushing my goalkeeper around. Not a chance because. If Declan Rice is in the way of Trafford right from the get-go and then he makes his move and I'm not doing anything about it, I, I would 100% take on the chin that, lads, no one's... no He's on my feet. Like, yeah. someone's pulling me around and none of you are helping me because you're zonal marking. Like, if honestly, I'd get laughed off at pitch if I were like, Man, I'm just zonal marking. I'm just... I'm zonal marking. Like, I'm, I'm watching front stick. Honestly, I get back in the changing room and I get rinsed for that. So, yeah. I, as much as I appreciate... People thinking that Trafford is, is to blame. That is a weak argument to go with that. No, I, I agree. I, I feel like, it's just I said on Twitter, like the unit should be doing better for that. The entire defensive unit should be doing better. Uh, Stu Kill goes into more details about the actual system that we're using, where he says it's a hybrid of man-to-man and zonal. Where apparently we have four zonal and the rest are man-to-man, but the strongest headers are the zonal ones. So that explains... I, I can't work out, like I said earlier, whether we are zonal or whether we are man-to-man. But if it's a hybrid system, then that would probably explain why I, no. I can't work it out. Um, I do want to bring in another picture uh, before we get into the comments uh, again, um, because a lot of people, like I said, were criticising Trafford He never does anything. This is the third goal. All right, we ended up conceding the third goal. But look how he's pushing. Is it Trossard? He's pushing such a lot Tommy Asu, that's right, yeah. He's pushing somebody away, so he's capable of doing that. Mm. So people sit there and say, oh, he never does anything. Like He should be pushing his man away. He is. That's an example. All right, he conceded it. We, we ended up half defending it, and then obviously Zinchenko scored, uh, scored a, a Decanio with a bicycle kick. Too much time on the edge of the box again. Um, but Trafford here is pushing the defenders away because he has, actually has time and there isn't a mess in front of him. So I think this mm. image shows that Trafford is capable. All right, I still believe, in my opinion, Muric will be better at this side of the game, but mm. it shows here that Trafford is capable of doing it. Yeah, 100%, mate. Like, and I think I think it's one of those arguments that you can have, though, where, like, like I mean, we've had the argument, like, is Muric better, is Trafford better? Like, like I said, the only thing that's changed in the last couple of weeks is I think Trafford's getting better in the areas that people are saying he wasn't yeah. good at. I think his distribution is yeah. getting a little bit better. I still think he dwells on the ball a little bit, but that that can yeah, still be taught. And we gave Murich time for things like that. So my thing is the the reasons for him coming out are now not as severe or dramatic as they were. I feel like without getting into a big 
big song and dance about Trafford. I do think that I do think that Trafford is now not the problem. Like, you know, I do think he still has flaws and do I think Merritt should still do potentially a better job now? In my opinion, still yeah. But it's not big enough now for me to be like, nah, Merritt's in, get Trafford out. Because if Trafford's in the starting lineup again next week, or not next week, we're international break, the week after, I'm not like, oh, not again, like I was, because yeah. that's now changed. I do think he's commanding his box a little bit better. But the thing that we also need to take into consideration as well, and again, it comes from the higher-ups, not you know, not not the players necessarily, we've bought a child to go and go. Like we've bought a 19-year-old kid who's played League One football to go in goal and we are now sticking with him what looks like through an entire Premier League season. So when these things come out, these aren't necessarily flaws in his game. This is just the ability that he has right now. He's 19. He's not a huge, tall goalkeeper. He's a goalkeeper that was playing under under 21s, uh, you know, World Cup games, Euros games for England. But he's, he's also playing against kids, like other people his yeah. age. And then when you're playing in League One, the standard is so much worse. Like, in comparison to playing in the Premier League, it's ridiculously worse. Like, you know, pe- people, it's just, it's just mad. And and people need to need to now, now that the dramatic, dramatic and drastic things of Trafford's game have, have kind of ironed out slightly, we need to then look at the fact that he is still 19 now. He is still, oh, he's, he might be 20, whatever. He is still a kid. And there is areas in his game that that just aren't there yet. Because, you know, Murich took, Murich was rubbish at 19. In the nicest possible way, Murich at 19 at Forest was rubbish. He was yeah. terrible. And now he's look, he looks like a man in goal. Trafford still looks like a boy in goal. And we need to give him some kind of leeway in that sense, because he is, he hasn't, and he doesn't even look like he's grown into his man's body yet. And, and, and that's the, and it sounds stupid, but that is the thing. Like, so then that comes from the higher ups. Like we haven't gone and bought like a, a commanding goalkeeper, like, like Bournemouth did when they went, who they signed? They've signed, um, is it AC Milan's backup keeper, that Radu? I'm not sure, mate. Well, they, not they, sure. They, they've gone and signed like a man who can play in goal. Like what we've got is a kid and you saw it with Ramsdale at Sheffield United. You saw it with Ramsdale at Bournemouth. You saw it, you've seen it with Banzu at Southampton. Like, uh, I think it's Banzu, but whatever. Um, You know, these young goalkeepers have signed for teams and the same issues over there. Southampton now have a good goalkeeper in the championship, but they were conceding goals left, right and centre. Like, same happened with Bournemouth. You know, Aaron Ramsdale's gone to Arsenal, but, now he looks like a bloke. Like when he played for them two, Sheffield, two back-to-back relegations. Like he's still a kid at that point, and I do think there is there is a downside to having having a having a kid in goal. And you know I, that that does come from the higher ups, though, because you've spent nineteen yeah. million quid on that. So yeah, yeah. As um, Mozamil says again, apologies, mate, probably butchered that. Even if Trafford is still a buying goal, why buy him in the first place for 19 million? It's obviously yeah. resale. It's it's the resale aspect. I, th- yeah. I think we've looked at that transfer transfer window and gone, how can we make money? I think that's yeah. the problem with that transfer window. We've looked at it and gone, who can we buy now and sell on for profit in three, four years' time? And mm-hmm. I, I genuinely believe we will sell Trafford on for profit because he will get better. He will become our, he probably already is, but our 
100% number one, everyone agreed, eventually. Mm. Whether that's in the Championship or we stay up, he will be that. And then in a few years' time, either City come back in and, and spend £60 million on him or, or, or somebody else comes back in if, if City don't want him back. So I do think we'll buy him back. But um, you mentioned there, coming from the higher-ups, do you think that's a fair assessment of the transfer window, Sam? We've, we've not really looked at what the squad needed. We've looked at what we can sell on in a couple of years. Yeah, like to be fair, yeah, hundred percent. Like, like I say, hindsight is a is a beautiful thing. Like, you know, you can turn around now and, like I say, I, I'm also one of those people that said it was a hundred percent ten out of ten window because it because at the yeah. time it was we bought wingers and Burnley always wanted wingers, but now you look back and we need we need a defence. We don't have that. We need a yeah. strong central midfielder so that we can put Sander Berge in the ten. Like, we don't have that. We need another striker currently. We don't have that. We just have lots and lots and lots of wingers. And, you know, for, for me, and it's not all right. So it's no disrespect to signing Ramsey and it's no disrespect to signing Odebear because now that they're there, you still love them because they play for Burnley. Like, you still support yeah. them. But they, they, for me, are two of the most pointless signings that we've made because Ramsey do not play ever and he gets five-minute cameos at the end of the game. And, yes, okay, brilliant, we've signed him for whatever amount of money. If he does become good, in two, three years' time, Aston Villa can buy him back for, you know, 25, 30 million quid. I already thought that was weird. I know people will talk about it differently. I, I don't like buyback clauses. If you're buying a player, I'd like to buy the player. I don't want to buy the player and then worry that he could get bought back another time. But then Odebear as well, like, Odebear doesn't make the starting eleven. So why spend 30 million quid on somebody that doesn't make sense? But... Masengo's not the most pointless because he was free and we needed the position. That's a sensible transfer, just like Nathan Redmond was a sensible transfer. He was free. It's a no-brainer to go and buy those players. Like, yeah. spending 13 million quid on a player that's not playing every single week when you, play, when you, you know, you play for Burnley. Like, that's madness. Like, 13 million pounds, he's on the bench. Chezor's 15, 18 million pounds, he's on the bench. Like, we don't have the financial capabilities that regardless of how well we did and we've won the championship and we you know we're in the Premier League now with Premier League money, we still 110 million pounds. That's a lot of money to not, you know, to not actually have players that fundamentally fit the system and play right now. And for example, with Wilson Odebear, we spent 13 million pounds on him. You tell me if he's performed anywhere near more than 13 million pounds. You you tell me. And if anybody in the comments or you, Joe, think that he currently not to that level no money, more money than that no. 13 million million quid no and, and he's another one who's he's another one though that you, you look at him and, and you think we've signed him for uh resale value he's only 18 as well like all yeah, of these players that we've signed are kids who are going to be good in a few years but right mm -hmm. now they're not justifying that that's what i'm saying about the transfer yeah. window they're not justifying that price tag because that is not why they spent that money on them no. they spent that money on it to think right 13 million now 30 million in a few years, let's get him in. We might reap the rewards of it in three, four years and we might have loads of money and end up, you know, doing a Brighton and, and, and pushing for the lead. But right now, it's obviously not helping us in, in the current situation. That Ready to pop the question? The jewelers at BlueNile.com have got sparkle down to a science with beautiful lab-grown diamonds worthy of your most brilliant moments. Their lab-grown diamonds are independently graded and guaranteed identical to natural diamonds. And they're ready to ship to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. 
Away days are fantastic, especially when you win the league at Ewood Park. But there's still nothing quite like playing at home. The same goals for McDonald's. Maximise your home ground advantage with McDelivery. You in? Order now on the McDonald's app. At participating restaurants, 18 plus. Serving times, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. No, I think that I think that's the thing that that is the area that bothers me slightly is because even though and, and, and like I said, like I, I knew there'd be comments like that. Like I'm not saying that Wilson Odebear is not a good player. Like Wilson Odebear is a good player, but we didn't need to spend 13 million pounds on him now. We didn't need to do that. Like we've what we've done is we've gone and bought a player on a premium price because of his age and the league that he played in. He'd just been relegated with choice, and we've gone and spent 13 million pounds on him, but we don't need him. Like, realistically, like, if you turn around to me now and say, do we need him? No. So that's £13 million we could have saved and bought a centre-half. Like, yeah. do we need Aaron Ramsey? Well, we've got Sander Burge, we've got Josh Brownell, and we've got Masengo. If you just have that midfield kind of quartet of players that can just interchange and play in different roles, and Burge can drop deep sometimes, Masengo can fill in. We haven't even seen him yet. We don't even know if, if he's even in company's plans because Masengo's not even has he even touched the pitch yet like um, yeah didn't he come on against Everton I, I've seen him play but like, another what, cameo what like what a game yeah. to come into like a game where we couldn't even control it in a cup game like do you know what I mean like so some of the money that we've spent doesn't make sense to have bought players in the positions that we bought them in because like I say Aaron Ramsey like we've got Amdouni we've just spent like 18 million quid on him is he a number 10 people are saying he is so Surely he's a player that he's starting the 10. Oh, well, Amdouni now seems like he's a striker or sometimes he's a winger and he's not played in that 10 role. And to be fair, over the last couple of weeks, he's been quite disappointing. So then you go and change it. Sander Burr should be able to go into that 10 role, but we can't because we don't have another DM. So this is my issue. Like, if we lose any of our wingers, there's eight players waiting in the wing to go and get there. If we lose players yeah. in any other position in that team, nobody that fills in that role, in my opinion, should play there. And and that that's the fundamental issue that I think we've got. I don't think we I don't think I don't think we've recruited very well. I don't think we've looked at the areas that we needed. Obviously, we've lost Howard Bellis and we lost a left back. We didn't buy a left back, and the two centre halves that we bought was a million quid from Anderlecht, who was just a panic buy, really. And Dara O'Shea, who, to be fair, on paper, I, I still back, is the correct type of signing that we should have made, but he hasn't hit the ground running either. And now what we're doing is the players from last season that we bought, for like like Al Dakil, for £5 million, we're now trying to invest in him because we spent money on him in the past. And he's not working either. So my kind of thing is, like... I don't even think Bayer's working that much at the minute in this, in this I, kind and of thing. I don't. And, and, and it's so weird to say because, like, you don't want to go in on everybody, but you are right. I don't think anybody in the team right now, really, other than maybe Charlie and maybe Luca, can get away with a, a pass in certain games. Like, yeah, Luca because he creates, but his end product's not brilliant, but he, he does create. And, you know, Charlie, because I do think he's quite solid. I, I do think he's quite... And I do think he is the perfect player to have in at left-back right now. But yeah. I don't think anyone's safe at the moment. I don't think Cullen is safe in centre midfield. Oh, yeah, uh, Foster. Sorry, apologies. Yeah, uh, Lyle Foster, obviously. Like, you know, the bloke's been unbelievable this season. And 
you know, he's made a lot of people eat humble pie, me included. I didn't think in the championship yeah. he looked that good. And I also said from what I'd seen, I didn't think he'd transition that into the Premier League. What that then showed is company isn't an idiot. Get the training sessions in and work with the team. And it, it does work. And he does look a fantastic player. And obviously, just to round that off, he does look, um, you know, I, I wish him absolutely all the best in his recovery. And I hope he comes back soon because he's a vital part to what we're trying to do. Um, Sander Burge as well, brilliant point. Easily been one of our best players. He is he's gone from he's gone from being one of our worst signings at the start of the season in those first three games, but playing in a role that he didn't really know, not getting very yeah. much in, didn't have a lot of time to transition into the position to actually being a fundamental part of the team. And I do think he looks a great player. Um, but I I, I still want to see him in that 10 role. Like he has yeah, been see. he has been good in the six, but we don't have the personnel to get him there. I agree, and that I want to talk about this, so that's why I just stopped you. I do, I do want yeah. to ask about this because I agree with you. I Sander, when he first started playing DM, I didn't rate him. He gave the ball away too much. He dallied on the ball. His passes were dreadful. He's getting better. He's looking mm. more like that role can be his role. But I would still rather see him further forward and have maybe Cullen and Brown a lot, or, yeah. or maybe even Misengo in the back. Misengo mm. maybe not yet, maybe in a bit. That's what I would do. Um, but there's a few people on Twitter now saying that they prefer the the Berg, Brownell, and maybe an Amdouni in the 10 or something like that. What would you do after the international break? Are you bringing Cullen back in and still shoving Burge further forward? Or are you keeping it Burge, Brownell, and then a another in the 10? Uh, to be fair, it's such a hard one, though, isn't it? Because it's like, I, I personally probably would keep it the same now. I probably would, because I think what, what a pointless thing to do is get Sander Burge playing and three brilliant games in, in DM and then turn around yeah. and go, right, try the 10 roll. Because then yeah, if that doesn't yeah. work, then then you end up with that other situation where everyone goes, well, I told you, it can play the six. It's like, if if you, if you, if you're a left back by trade and you play a full season at right back, by the time you go to the next season, you probably would rather play right back than go back to left back because you've been playing right back all season. So playing so many games in DM and then being told, but Cullen's back now, you're in 10. Like, he'd be like, what? Like, I've played all right there. Like, okay, now it's a different side of the game. I'm not, I don't need to be as strong in tackles. I need to be in the box, making a nuisance of myself. And what we need is consistency now. We need to stick with the team. The tinkering needs to stop. We've said that for a while now. And I think yeah. even though it's a, it might be seen as a slight tinker with moving Burge from behind to, you know, a, a more attacking role, I just think it's counterproductive now. Like, we, we just need to... I'd rather go down seeing the same team play in the same position or bringing different players in that suit different games. Like, for example, go back to the Ashley Barnes against Blackburn game. Like, Barnes had no right playing in any game up until that point. And the second I saw yeah. him on the team sheet, I was like, we need that. Someone who's just going to throw the body around and, 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 you know, make a nuisance of himself. And that's what we needed in that game. That's where... Like we said a few, you know, a few weeks ago, Aaron Ramsey could play that that ten role, but in games where you really need somebody to be strong and win the ball, that's yeah. they're the games for Sander Burge. That's the t- type of tinkering that I'm talking about. Not, not he's in DM for three weeks, then put him in the ten. Then when we inevitably get another red card, somebody else floats over to left back and plays there, and then some, chopping and changing. You might as well just, you know, you might as well have bloody Jay Rodriguez playing in goal next week just to try it out, like. <laughs> 
I just I just think we just need we just need a bit of consistency now, and I think that and I think that will work. I do think the tactics that company got yesterday were really good. I think you know it 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 almost kept us in the game far longer, and I thought from open play, like you say, we were a lot better. We were creating chances, and I think. You know, even that that Goodmanson chance at first half, we were unlucky not to, you know, not yeah. to score there. So decent effort that to be fair. Yeah, it was. And it was a good save as well, because that's yeah, never been on call. He's done well to get he's done well to get that. He's yeah. done well to actually get the shot away because he's under pressure. He is. Um so he's done quite well to get the shot away. I will very quickly bring because I didn't take a screenshot of that, but I thought we won't talk about that. But I'll just very quickly bring it in. Uh, just, it. just 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 to try and be um, you know. Just to keep with this thing, it's just taking forever to load now. It's typical. Sure, but there we go. Around. I'm, I'm feeling a long show today. Anyway, I like it. Oh yeah, right. fair enough. Fair enough. We're sunken <laughs> starve. We're sunken starve. Um, but uh, but look, he's, he's done well here. Like look, he's got three defenders around him. I saw mm. some people criticizing him, saying he should have scored. That is a ridiculous statement. Like he's done very well to to still have the ball in that position. My only gripe when I look at this screenshot, and I never, ever thought this until I saw this screenshot, and obviously pictures are different. You know, you can look at this and have five seconds to say, hmm, look at Ray's positioning. Maybe he should have gone the other side. Which, looking at that, I think maybe he should have gone the other side. But you would never, ever do that as a footballer in that moment where you always go across the goal and hope mm. that maybe somebody like Zeki Amdouda, who's all the way on the edge of the D, would be there just to tap it in. But for me, I, I think he's done well. It's a good save by Raya more than anything else. Because um, even there, like the foot's halfway between Johan and Raya. Raya's still on his feet. Raya does very well to get down and save that from there. That 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 reaction seconds must be like less less than one second there. It must be like 0.7, 0.6, something like that. It's, it's, it's a good it's effort for Johan. Good, it's very good keeper positioning as well. Like yeah, he's out of he's out. He's come to meet the ball as well. He's closed the angle so much that yes, the left the left hand side of the goal is a little bit more open, but. He, he's he's done very very well there to get out as far as he has done because he's closed the angle down fantastic yeah, and it gives Goodmanson a split second to make a decision where to go. It was the right decision to be fair because that is going that is nestling in the bottom right corner. But yeah, it is just a good save. The argument that people will have is is I'm doing it. I I whilst I appreciate it and I do think we should be switched on. Um, he should be switched on to getting the ball. In fairness, Goodmanson wins the ball in a position where we were on our way back to defending. Yeah, I agree. So yeah. it probably was a case of Goodmanson's won it, just have a go, rather than turning around and being like, should I'm doing have got up with him? Like we were transitioning back to defence. So I won't I won't I won't read too much into that. Yeah, no, I agree with that. Fair enough. It's a good save from Raya. Just when you look at the screen, he's done well to get over to our right-hand side, looking at that, his left-hand side as well, like he says, close the angle down brilliantly. He's done very mm. well to get out. Um, so no qualms from me from JVG there with that one. Um, you've mentioned Amdouni there, and I saw a comment uh, about a minute or two ago. Uh, there it is from Ryan Merton. He says, thoughts on Amdouni? I think he looks, well, he says, looks very clumsy to me. Um, and now I think there's been a lot of issues where he's lost possession or he's lost the ball and then we've ended up having to transition back to defence when we're in attack and then we're under the cosh. He's a talent. He's obviously a talent, but I agree with the clumsy side of it. There was a moment in the um, first half where we had, I think it was another corner, and again, I'm pretty certain I took a screenshot of this, so I'll try and bring mm -hmm. it in, um, where we had a corner um, and instead of clearing it, it's here, instead of clearing it, he decides to try and run out with the ball and then Saka oh, has that shot, Saka and that's when shot. Trafford made that yeah. really good save. 
yeah. um, to them, which I said, Trafford's playing really well, probably man of the match performance. And then everybody from other pages, other podcasts, like, well, that, that's aged well, hasn't it? Like, obviously, I can have an opinion during the match and things can change. But this is, yeah. I think, what Ryan's talking about. There's other issues as well, but the main one for me from doing it yesterday was this, like, why is he trying to run with the ball there? He literally just gives it to Saka. Saka has a shot, shot on target, and forces Trafford into a good save. If we'd have conceded there, I would have been absolutely spitting. Oh, yeah, 100%. I think... Um... I think the thing for me is with Amdouni, I think he's, I think he's, I, I, I think he's actually plonked in the role that is the hardest role to play in our team at the moment because yeah. we don't, we either playing on the wings or we, we kind of lump the ball up and hope for the knockdowns. We don't really play through Amdouni. Um, in that ten, and whoever's in that ten roll, I don't think we play through them. I think we kind of play. Oh no, we don't play to them. Sorry, we kind of play through them. And when I say that, I mean like almost completely miss them out. Not even like yeah. you give him the ball and he creates, which you know playing through them normally means. We actually play past him. He's not. He's not really played to his strengths in that ten roll. He's got quick feet. He can get out of tight situations. He can work a shooting chance pretty well. I don't think we play to those strengths. I think one of the last times we saw that was the Forest game where he scored. Yeah, and in that it. role, playing that type of way was Aaron Ramsey's shot against Man United. They're the only two occasions where I can remember we've played to the strengths of that number ten position with those types of players because we don't we don't play through like we don't play to them or through them. We just play past them. And I just think that I think that's the hardest position to play in our squad at the moment. When Sander Burge is there, it's different because if you're lumping the ball up, he's a big lad. So he can win the knockdowns. He can throw himself around. He's not necessarily there to be played up to anyway. You know, he's he's there to just win knockdowns and make a nuisance of himself. I, so whilst I do agree, I do think that that's the hardest position in our team to play at the moment because, you know, striker-wise, you know, we are almost non-existent without Lyle in the nicest possible way. I I I don't even mean any disrespect to Jay. I really don't, but we don't play to him either. We play to the wings and then, you know, then we get lost and go back. Like, so it's not, it's not necessarily, I wouldn't necessarily, I do agree with the clumsiness. I, I do agree. Like he, that in the box was silly. Like, Pointless. Yeah, definitely. And that, but that that again is you know just a bit of naivety, and and it that that those are the mistakes that we have in us now, which is a shame because we we haven't had that for a long time. Um, but I wouldn't I won't put too much on I won't put too much on Amdouni because in my opinion, like he's not really he's not really played to he's played around and he kind of just does a lot of running, and then when he does get the ball, he's like right. I can take my man on. So he does a good turn. And then he's kind of like, where now? Because that, that's the thing. Like when we do go forward, like we do still lack a little bit of an identity with that. We just, we look a bit better than what we have done, but we still lack a bit of identity going forward. I don't know what the best way for us to score is at the moment, to be honest with you. Like, do we, do we check the byline and get crosses into the box? You know, do we play through the middle? Do we lump it up? Like, because right now I am at a bit of a loss. Like the goal that we scored, it was scrappy. It was out of nothing. Like yeah. we squared it across the box. We tried to shoot. He didn't play the ball back. It landed to Brownell and deflected in goal. Like they're goals that you take in this situation. But there's no pattern of play to that. It's just, you know, 
So it that, was that, another that, situation where it was great play from Coley Oshaw, but then after yeah, that, you know, it, it, got, it gets a little bit scrappy. And, and again, another argument for Coley Oshaw, like, the, the, the narrative still seems to be he's got no end product. When he shoots, and I said this, I think it was last week or the week mm. before, like, when he shoots, he's so bad at shooting. Just stop shooting, but mate. Right, I think it's, yeah, but creating is good. Oh, like, he creates so much. Exactly. I don't know where this no end product argument comes from. It's 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 more that it's more that when you need the goal in the game, in my opinion, he's the guy to create it, but he's yeah. not the guy to score it because yeah. he's had chances this season and he hasn't taken those chances. Like I say, I go back to the one last week where he's literally got the ball in the box, shoot, but instead he yeah. took he takes a touch and that touch yeah, to was that one Ellis. Yeah, yeah. And it's like th that's what I mean by the end products. I don't necessarily even mean like the chance creation because his creativity is unmatched so far. Yeah, he's fantastic. He's he's the player that drives us forward and runs past two players and gets the ball in the box. The unfortunate thing for Coleosho is that pattern of play with him doing that, we don't have anyone in the box to do anything with it. The goal that we scored was fantastic and agreed we need someone who can link with link with to finish the chances in my opinion amduni can do that we can play through amduni we can get him the ball and him spread it out wide and then move forward as a unit but that's what i'm saying we don't play to him so then we go down the wing we're like right where do we go now give the ball back to him because he's had to come all the way out over to the wing and then we've got nobody in the center so you're like well where does he go plays it back to vitinho yeah. back to bayer and it's like, if you played through him, we'd be able to get the ball and be expansive and let him carry the ball and play it left and right. But we don't actually do that. So, like I say, I think he's in probably one of the harder positions in our team at the moment. Yeah, I'd, I'd agree with that. Just looking at the who scored match ratings, and I know these should be taken with a pinch of salt, but I am absolutely astounded to see that Coley Oshaw was the worst rated player on the Burnley side by then. I thought he played okay. Um, I thought Vitinho... In fact, you know what? Before I say anything about Vitinho, because there's been some debate in the comments, I will try and quickly... You you kind of half-mentioned it earlier, Sam, um, mm. how you, you would probably... I think you said you'd probably go with him from now on. Yeah. Um, I Where's it gone now? Where's it gone now? There we go. Johan the Great said, I think Vitinho is okay. Um, so, the, so then... Um, in fact, no. It started off with this one. Sue said, no idea why Vitinho is still playing. Then you're on the great, said, I think Vitinho is okay. And then Sue responded with, uh, responded with, sorry, he's nowhere near this level, Johan. And then said, yeah, but who do we swap him with? Roberts, and he gets another clumsy red. And it, Sue says, it depends for me, because I'm I'm not going to dig any of you two out here or say you no. are wrong. But I think, it, I think it depends on the game for me. Vitinho, uh, just to comment on screen, actually, for those listening on the podcast, Sue goes on to say, Roberts is better though. Roberts told Jan then signed a proper right back slash left back. Um, I probably agree with the latter half of that, if I'm honest. But Vitinho for me has got better over the mm. last over the season. Was it Chelsea where he was annihilated? I think it was, wasn't it? Against that, Raheem. That's that's a thrown in game. Yeah, like, exactly. And like, I, I think I think some people still look at that and, and think, oh, he was dreadful in that game, so he's, he's, he's not good enough. It were good against Palace and it yeah. was good yesterday against Arsenal. When I saw him on the team sheet yesterday, I was a little worried. I thought, here we go again, it could be another. Chelsea situation, but he actually played really well. I thought he played well, and I thought in that situation, I would now probably. I've always lent more towards Roberts every time I've done one of these predicted lineups or my lineup thing. I didn't bother doing one yesterday because so many people do it, it's probably pointless to keep doing it. Um, but I did, I always put Roberts in it, whereas now I'm probably putting VT in it. Who are you going with, Sam? 
I'd go Vatinho just simply for the just simply for the argument that I gave at the start. Like he's expansive, he's different. He, yeah, he's better going forward. Like, like again, I I agree, I agree with that comment. I mean, maybe not the end of it because that's a bit weird. Um, but um, <laughs> but I think you know, like for example, Roberts defensively, yeah, he is better, but he gives us nothing going forward, and that yeah. at the start of the season was our issue. So of course, I can understand the other argument where. We, you know, it could sound contradictory. We have argued about, um, you know, we're not defensively as good, but I'd, ra- I'd rather, you know, go down in the game and have a fullback. Like, for, for example, Roberts and Vitinho are basically playing the same role. I don't think Vitinho has actually been at fault for any of the goals so far. I just don't think he's as defensively sound as maybe Roberts is, which is fine. I can, I can take that. But going forward, nobody can tell me that Connor Roberts has been anywhere near as good as he was in the championship, even playing in that like fake centre mid role that he's been playing. He has been shocking in that role. His passing ability has been awful. He's probably given the ball away the most of any player in our team. Like he he hasn't got forward. He doesn't have the capability to run with the ball because he's not particularly, you know, fast. Vitinho at least gives you the option of an overlap, he at least gives you the option of being able to cut inside and carry the ball a little bit. Like he's still, a, and he's got the pace to catch up with a player if they get past him. And I don't think he's actually been that bad. I would rather see Vitinho in there because at least he gives you some creativity going forward and he gives you another option. So if Yolan's up, he's on right hand side of midfield, Yolan's not going to do the running because he's not exactly the paciest winger in the world, is he? He's more of a technical player. If you've got an overlap from Vitinho, that's so much better than an overlap from Roberts. Because could you imagine them two try to get, get back against Martinelli? They, honestly, they're like carrying two freight trains. Like It's just not the same, is it? So I, I, I personally would go with Vitinho. I think Vitinho gives us an advantage. I, I think he suits the style of play that we want to go for because Charlie doesn't get forward as much. So Vitinho plays the maximum role of last season. And Vitinho is more suited to doing the Matson role of last season, whereas Connor Roberts or Charlie Taylor, in my opinion, aren't. So I, I actually think I actually think it's it's a lot suited better. But you know, I'd, I and I also agree. I'd also do think that we should make a we should make a transfer um, in January. But until then, that's the conversation we're having. Not like oh, who do we have in two months' time? Because that's two months away. Like. Right yeah. now, you'd have Vitinho, but in two months' time, 100% I'd rather have somebody else in the team. But until then, it's a choice between, you know, Vitinho or Conor Roberts. It's Vitinho. Right. Yeah, I think I'm leaning more towards Vitinho now. Just think like they offer something a little bit more. We're, we're terrible defensively as it is. And I don't think, I don't, I do agree Roberts is slightly better defensively, but I don't think he's, he's worth sticking in the team like you say for, for completely ruining that right hand side yeah. just because of his better defense because he's not well good defensively he's just better that's but it, he gives yeah. the ball away too much he gives the ball away too much. so for how good defensively he is he's creating all these issues with his yeah. with his poor distribution and like i said um, like, in the nice sorry, possible way as well to that comment as well like i know what you're saying and you're entitled to your opinion but like the headless chicken thing it's like i in my opinion like you have to back that up with some kind of you know substance like there's n- there's nothing in there where you can turn around other than the Chelsea game where he was thrown in last minute because Conor Roberts got a red card thrown into a team that was already performing absolutely terribly in the worst bit of form we'd had all season, and then that's the only game you can go off of. Well, 
we could all go off of all the comments that people have said about Sander Bergen, go back to them first three games and look at how many times he gave the ball away, look at how many times he won the ball back and look at how many times he got brought off at half-time. Like, you know, players get better. And in my opinion, Vitinho is getting a lot better. And against Arsenal yesterday, he didn't do anything wrong in that game at all. Like, you know, OK, maybe he lost the ball a couple of times. Our team loses the ball about 100 times a game at the moment. So you can't pin that on one player. And... When it comes to when it comes to Vitinho, like I say, against in the Palace game, I thought Vitinho suited us down to the ground in that in that Palace game because he was doing what he did last season, where he was carrying the ball into midfield a little bit and spreading the play and getting us wide. And Charlie Taylor was able to carry the ball up. So I, I, I completely understand what you're saying, and and you know you're entitled to your opinion. But I do again. I also think that's just like a you know that's a quick off the whim comment with no actual substance to back it up. Fair enough. Um, we I want to get into the positives because we were better yesterday, and you did say earlier, um, you know, we'll get into the positives, and we we have slightly. We've talked yeah, about we touched on Verge playing well. <laughs> We've talked about Vitinho playing well, um, but obviously we changed the system yesterday. It's mo- normally more of a four-three-three or a four-two-three-one, uh, depending on on how we're setting up and who we're setting up against. But it kind of went back to four-four-two yesterday, especially off mm-hmm. the ball. Um, what did you make of, of the new system? Because we did look better defensively from open play, didn't we? But yeah. the yeah. issues were the same issues that we'd been seeing throughout the season. They just were then concentrated into the set-piece argument because that was the only way that they could really get at us, that they could mm-hmm. expose the weakness of the headers because it's not really been exposed too much in the season. As somebody said earlier, I think it was Solomon, yeah. um, that said, you know, it's the first header goal we've conceded uh, in the Premier League this season. But, um, yeah, obviously, they could then concentrate it to corners. So, we did, were better through open play, but set pieces, mm. the worst I've seen this season, to be fair. So, a be- better system. Uh, well, what, what would you want to do going forward? You want to you want to go back to 4-4-2 and play like we did against Arsenal? Or you think we'll, we'll go back to the 4-2-3-1 and try and go at teams, especially when you're seeing the teams that we've got coming up? I think we've got nothing to lose now with trying to go at teams, to be fair. Like, I think in games like that, it makes sense. I think we were naive to try and go toe-to-toe with some of the best teams in the league with the formations that we were doing. I think sometimes you do in the Premier League just need to try and stay in the game and hope that you can get something. Like, And I know that sounds so ludicrous because that's what we, you know, used to hate about, or not hate, but like, you know, show a displeasure towards, you know, when Dyche was in charge, you know, it was kind of 65 minutes doing nothing and then one moment, but you got 1-0 wins, you got 2-0 wins, like, now we're in a position where when you play the top teams, try that. But if we have a style of playing and identity that we want to play with, I'd, ra- I'd rather stick to that. I'd rather go at West Ham, you know, after the international break. And I'd rather just try, you know, I'd rather try and go at them. I really would. Because they're the games now where you've got nothing to lose. Like when you come up against like your cities and your Liverpools and your Arsenals and stuff like that, like fair enough, like they're the teams that can thump you four or five nil. Yeah. I would rather not. I would rather go to West Ham and show something going forward because they are winnable games now. Like you know, as much as as much as that narrative seems to have fallen away about you know certain teams and you know like top teams and stuff like that, um, I, I do think that we need to start looking at games like West Ham and saying we need to win those games. Like oh, we need to get points. I think from our next five games, I think seven for me, is the minimum that we have to get. If we don't get seven, I think uh, I think that next round of 18, 19 fixtures is just going to be horrible. It, it really is. Like, because you, you can't, you can't, 
go a full a full season. Uh, you can't go the first eighteen. Do you remember when we went down and we we played the first eighteen games and the only game we won was Brentford? Yeah, and we all came away from it like now I have no positivity in any game that we play other than Brentford. I don't want it to be like that. I don't want to get to you know where we've played every team once and turn around and go. Right, so the only team we I now feel positive that we can beat is Luton. And even then, I still don't feel positive that we could beat Luton. Because Luton look, Luton look all right at the moment. Luton are making it hard for teams. Sheffield United are making it hard for teams. The, the issue that I still think that we have is we are making it too easy for teams. However, the positive signs have been there the last two weeks. And... The players clearly think that there's something there. Brownell says it all the time, you know, on his on his Instagram that it will come. And I think we, I think we just yeah, and that yeah. To be fair, that Bournemouth win last night was like a dagger through art, really. But <laughs> you went full but, Yorkshire then, dagger through art. dagger through art. But <laughs> I, I I do think I do think the positive signs are there, and I do still back this team to come out flying against some teams. We just need to stick to the formula like in the Palace game. Like, just go at teams. Just have a go. Like, Yeah, I agree. Even in that game, as much as we didn't have like a pattern of play again, because we didn't, like we said it last we said it last week, we didn't have, we didn't look like we were going to score goals. We could have played that game for another two hours and not scored. But it was so much better than watching us just pass the ball to the other team. Like, it was yeah. so much better than that. So... If we can do that and keep making it a little bit better, I, I do think we will get results. And I do think it's between that bottom four. Because like Everton as well, like what are they on at the minute? Like why are they pulling results away? Like how are they winning games? Like it's just so annoying. Like, and what we're in a position now is we've drifted to the point where it's now four teams. We need to get close to Bournemouth. Yeah, I agree. It, it's, it's four teams. Yeah, and we, we need to get close to Bournemouth. And the only way we do that is by getting a win because they've picked up points in a game that they shouldn't have picked up points in. So that that's always been my argument as well. You know, when we've all, when we've done this thing where everyone's like, "Oh, look, look at the team that we've played." Bournemouth beat Newcastle. So what are you on about? Like we can beat teams if we play better. So that's what we need if to we do. If we play better, if we, we can play build better. on that Palace game and build on the game against Arsenal, and we will pick results up. But it's just long in it. Just long. It is, and I've brought the fixtures on screen now. So the next fixtures, obviously, international break for the next two weeks. Thankfully, I say two weeks, so obviously only one week, but you know, one, you know, two weeks in total. Um, thankfully, I have a weekend where I don't have to worry about Burnley. I might do something I enjoy rather than go into the match. Um, but then after that, it's it's two home games against West Ham, who are good at set pieces, as someone in the comments said. Um, I can actually show you now. So there, there you go. Uh, West Ham, and then after that, it's Sheffield United at home. Then Wolves away. Um, there, I know Wolves look good, but I'm. I, I say it, we we can we can get something there. Uh, Brighton, that's a worry. Uh, then we've got the Dice Derby again, Everton. Then we've got Fulham just before Christmas, and then it gets back into a couple of difficult games with Liverpool at home, and then Villa away, and then you've got Luton. So I include the one, two, three, four. Five, six, seven, eight, nine. The next nine games, we've got to be picking up quite a few points for us to. If if we get to this Luton game and we still haven't won another match, then then you can all start packing your bags and get ready for the championship because it ain't going to happen. So the next two, we've got to really target. We've got to get at the very, very, 
very minimum four points, but I'd want six, obviously. I, I, I want I want to win every match. Um, but then, obviously, the, in fact, include the Wolves game in that. I think, what, minimum five, hopefully seven. Brilliant. But that's nine. what I mean. Like, if you put that, if you group it into the five games and you go West Ham, Sheffield United, Wolves, Brighton, Everton, right? Yeah. Nine's the target, but I'd take seven because the, in those runner games, two wins should come. Should. Yeah. On paper, we should be able to put in a performance against Sheffield United putting a performance against Wolves, putting a performance against Everton, right? If we come out of those games and we've got, like, one win, one draw, like, in my opinion, that's already lose. That's already, that's already, like, relegation form. You can't go into games like that against teams like that and only hope for four, or only get four points, one win out of five. Because they're big games now. Like, we've had the whole bit at the start where we've played the big teams and everybody said, you know oh, look at who we've played and yada, 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 whatever. Like, now this is the point where all that spiel just completely goes out the window. Like, we now have to get points from these five games. If we don't get points from these five games, there's there's absolutely no no coming back from it. Like, I think you in, in those five 18 well. games, we could, we could win six and would still be too far adrift. Like so, we need we need to pick up points in those games, and I think we have the capabilities to do so. Like we said, the positive signs are there. We are getting better. We are getting players um, back from injury. I'm hoping that Benson and Zerri start to play a part because you know they were key reasons as to why we went up. They were some of our best players, and I do feel like with the you know with Coley Osho coming in and playing so well and things like that, I do think that people have kind of forgotten how good they were. They were two of our best players last season. Like So yeah, I would like to see them get at least be in contention for getting back into the team. I'd like to see Trezor kick on and, and really try. Yeah, he, he needs to show something to be able to get into the team, though, does he? Like, yeah. say, he needs to kick on. Because, but then again, I also I also do think that it, that is hard to do in six, seven, eight minutes at the end of a game, you're losing 2-0 in. Yeah. Right. I, I do think that's hard. Like It's not... The Vidra treatment, because it isn't yet, but some of those players are getting cameo appearances and being like, right, here you go. But we're already losing like 3-1. So it's like, what are you wanting them to change like in eight minutes? Like, But I think we have a lot of opportunities now to really kick on. And like I say... Do you think we will? To... We have opportunities, but do you think we yeah. will? I, I, think, I think we have... I think we've shown positive enough signs now for me to go into those games and at least have an ounce of confidence in me. I think beforehand, going into some of the games that were seen as winnable, I genuinely think I have been the most... And and Liam said it brilliantly. Like I have been the most disconnected I've been with Burnley in a long time. Yeah. So the from the perspective of I don't I didn't feel like the team that was going out, I didn't feel positive with it. I could pick three or four players out and moan about them for ages. I'd go into the game and I'd be like, if we perform anywhere near like we did last time, it's not gonna be great. However, the positive signs really, really are there now. And that's that's the that that's the thing that I'm hopeful for now is can we get these positive performances that we've had and just build on them? 
and I, I, I'm, I am hopeful that we can, and I do think we have the ability to do so. Um, yeah, fingers crossed. Fingers crossed. I, I, I do, I do agree with you. I brought the league table in, um, as you can see. Um, I do agree with you. I do think it's the bottom four. However. However, I think Fulham are capable of getting dragged into it, but they've got some very good players, obviously, Paulinho, mm. William. Um, I think Forrest. Forrest's last win shocked everybody. Who was it against? That was the one. Uh, but, I mean, I guess that's the argument that you're going to make now. Like, yes, they might be poor, but they can play Villa at home and dig out a 2-0 win. Bournemouth can play Newcastle at home and dig out a 2-0 win. Look at, look at us. L, 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 L. Not yeah, but, a town in Wales, but, but it's Burnley's form, and that's that's. What, at, I do think I do think Forest and Fulham could get dragged into it. Yeah, but I do. Just based but, on the fact that they can win games, depending yeah. But just look at just look at Forest form though. Like they've only dropped, they've only come away with no points once. Yeah, and that was against Liverpool. That's my point. Like we're in games getting convincingly beat. We're not just going into games and. You know, oh, it was close. It were it were two one. We were in it. We could have scored. You four one down in fifty six minutes, and you're almost sat there like, why am I even watching it? Why why yeah. am I watching this? Like, and then by the time you come off, you're like, oh, it was five two. We scored again. I don't. Even watch, I, don't I, bet, I, I watch the games, and I don't. I used to go back and watch the highlights on a night, and just sit in bed and just be like, how unreal that. That was so good. Or, you know, I, I still on repeat watch that 3-0 at home to Blackburn. Like, still. Because I do. it was such a pretty sad moment. And I was so glad that I was able to go to it as well. And I was so glad that I could, I, I'm able to look back on the, this year. I don't even look. I, I, I don't even look. I don't even go back. And, like, we, we lose, like, 5-1. I'm like, right, forget about that then. Don't look at that ever again. Like, that's, that's gone out of my thought process now. So, it's like... I think we've got the ability to do so. We've got the games now to do so. There's now no excuses. Like, if we come away in those games and don't perform and don't pick up points in those games, that is the epitome of relegation form. And that, I I think, at the end of those five games, if we're not either back in and amongst the fold or at least close... Then I've then I'll have re- resigned myself to you know it's relegation, build for the championship and enjoy because I enjoy enjoyed it. the championship last season. It was fun. I agree. I can't can't say I didn't obviously, but there's always a worry that you know you end up like Stoke. Uh, I don't think we will. Um, if we do go down, depends depends on what what the situation is with the manager. Um, one last thing before we go, because you said you said you were feeling a long one. It's been nearly an hour and a half now. Um, so we'll apologies just, to all the podcasters that had to split it into three four trips. Um, <laughs> but uh, it's 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 always a good chat. It's always a good therapy session. Um, <clears throat> what I noticed yesterday, uh, which is probably because we played better, is there weren't many company out shouts in fact I don't think I saw one whereas after the last few games it's been getting a little bit louder obviously I know you still say ridiculous um but uh, just get everyone comments in anybody who 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 thinks company should be out or what you think you should do but why do you think yesterday was not as loud with those shouts do you think it's because we played better and there was signs of improvement but I thought we were better against Palace just with silly mistakes mm-hmm. same against yesterday but the silly mistakes didn't come from open play so they don't look as I don't know maybe as the, the manager isn't ridiculed enough for the system um, 
But I, I, I found it interesting that there were no company out shouts yesterday, despite uh, a fifth defeat in a row. I, I think that what people are now seeing is positive signs, like you say. That run of like four or five games, you couldn't pluck a positive out of it at all. You just couldn't. Mm -hmm. Like you were, you were watching games. You were watching us get beat, and and you what you were what, but you were watching us get beat before whistle before game had even kicked off. Like and that as a fan is soul destroying. Like you couldn't think of anything worse than you know getting your stream up or whatever, or you know getting your uh, going to game and sitting down in your seat and. Whistle blows and two and a half minutes in game, you one nil up and you still sat there like, like we're going to get sent for six here. And then, yeah. you know, you play Tottenham and you lose 5-1 or 5-2, whatever it was. And you're just like, like, I've just, I've like, especially for me as well, like, I'm not even just saying, I'm all I can talk about is personal opinion, but like, you know, I have to travel an hour and 10 minutes to get there. And then I travel an hour and 10 minutes back and I sit for 90 minutes and watch a game. And I get there early because my dad, likes to miss all traffic so I'm there two hours early anyway <laughs> so my full day is based on that 90 minutes and if I go into that 90 minutes and lose 5-2 and feel like I've lost before kickoff what what actually is the point like what like that you then you genuinely sit there and you're like what is going on so now you're getting positive you're getting more positive performances so people are then going into games feeling like hmm you know there's something in it you know we went to the emirates and it wasn't easy for them until you know they got corners and to be fair it wasn't like it wasn't an easy game for them it was 1-1 for about 40 seconds like but <laughs> like but we we were making it difficult for them so yeah i think the fact that there is positive signs there i think it's brilliant and like that comment says companies on a five year plan not just one season and one bad season i completely agree with that like we are we are in with Vincent Company for the long haul as Burnley fans for as long as he wants to be around. Like that's the thing for as long as he wants to be around because he's proven that he's a good manager. It's just right now I think he's getting found out a little bit in the Premier League with his lack of experience. But I also think, like we've said before, that lack of experience comes from top to bottom. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, like, I agree. You know, we 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 have a lack of experience on the pitch, a lack of experience as a manager, a lack of experience in Premier League coaching now, clearly, and a lack of, you know, nouns in the transfer market and, you know... Yeah, lack of experience in the boardroom as well, I think, at yeah. the minute. So, for, for, for as much as good as I think Alan Pace is, I think now yeah. we're in the Premier League again, it's it's all just been fine-tuned, sorry, under a magnifying glass of, of the some of the decisions that have gone wrong. Yeah, 100%. And I think... I think that's something that, you know, is part of football. You know, you have to be open to criticism because yeah. you're in a sport that, you know, is so in the public eye where everybody knows everything. And especially if you support the club and you're all over Twitter, Clarence, we know everything within about 30 seconds. Like, so I think we're in a position now where, you know, there is a chance of kicking on and we are seeing the positive signs. And I think that is something to get behind. You know, like we have had some positive performances okay yeah the results haven't gone our way we lost 2-0 and 3-1 but in those games I still think we've looked better and I think as soon as we can see uh, a consistent team with players that deserve to be in the starting lineup and not just thrown in then I think we will start to see results and but these next five games are a huge tell for that yeah like I said I think six as well I think you can throw Fulham into it as well 
Um, yeah. I completely agree with you. Um, last one from me then. Um, I'll just keep your comments coming in and I'd like you all to answer this one now. I know a few people have been saying in the comments that they're about 20 minutes behind. I don't know how that works on a live. I thought when you joined the live on YouTube, just <laughs> the live moment. But how are you with 20? You want to look at your internet connection. Um, man of the match shouts. Um, I tweeted in the first half, it was James Trafford. I do redact that, retract that, sorry. Um, although, I've, as I've already said, for those of you joining late, I don't think he's sorely to blame for any of the goals. Uh, probably should be stronger for the second, but as we discussed earlier, you can go back. Uh, the entire defensive unit needs to do better. Um, man of the match for me, I'm probably going to go Sander Berg. Played well, still playing in a way out of position. Yes, he's getting a lot better now, um, but uh, I'd go Sander Berg um, for the man of the match. I'm shocked to see Coley Oshall's rating so low. I thought he wasn't too far behind, in my opinion. Um, who else played all right? We've mentioned Vitinho. Um, the defenders played well in open play, uh, but they kind of ruined everything on the corners. Um, Brownell so, yeah, wasn't I'm horrendous. Go Sorry? Yeah. Brownell wasn't horrendous, but no. I don't think he. I don't think you could possibly put him in there over Sander Berge. Because if Sander Berge yeah, I think Sander is the better of the two. Yeah, so I, I would also probably say Sander Berge. Um to be fair, Vitinho's not the worst shot in the world. Just yeah. simply for the fact that nothing actually was really his fault. And he actually did quite well nullifying Martinelli for a lot of the game. Um, but, yeah, I'd go Sander Berge. I'd go Sander Berge. Yeah, fair enough. Most of the comments coming in, you'll have seen him on screen. But Jean Faulkner, I don't know if I said Jean. Sorry, John. John. It's definitely John. I know it's full. <laughs> John says Vitinho. Solent says Burge. Sue says Goodmanson. Ginger Alley says Sander Burge was a letdown with his headers. Um, who would you go for then? Oh, there's his comment. He says Charlie Taylor. Um, uh, Solent says apart from the goal, Brown was poor. Interesting. I don't. I don't think it was horrendous. I just think. I just think when you put, when you're pipping them against each other. Yeah. Like the obvious answer is, um, you know, the obvious answer is Burge was better. Um, but yeah, I think I like I say I think it was a better performance. I don't actually necessarily have a, a, as many negative things to say about individuals as I normally would. Other than yeah. which is a good sign, which is a good sign. But I, I think it's easy to hide in that system. It's easier to not make a mistake in that system. It is on, on, it on is. the flip side. Hundred percent, hundred percent. But uh, go on. No, I was just going to say, but like I say, the, the signs are there and it's just building on performances now. Like we're, we've already played a lot of games now and it is starting to get a little bit like, you know, if you're getting cut adrift, it is starting to be a bit worrying. Yeah, but. which we kind of are in a way. Not not fully adrift. We've put the Premier League table on already, but Bournemouth's win yesterday. Caesar's quite mm. far away from Bournemouth. It takes um, us a, a, a bit of a way away. But yeah. like I say, the signs are there, so I'm I'm still hopeful. I, I agree. Uh, there's a Bournemouth fan in the chat. We will end it here um, because it's been longer than an hour and a half now. The longest one we've ever done. He says, do you think you'll get relegated? No, you can sort off. We're going to finish above you. Thank you for that. Fuck <laughs> um, <laughs> the cherry. Uh, Solent says, I don't rate Brown. as captain. Give it to Burge. They won't give it to Burge, mate. I'll have been here two minutes. Um, but uh, yeah, we'll have that debate another time, mate. Um, Jack Cork's a captain, to be fair. Uh, the club mm -hmm. captain just never gets in the team. Uh, but Sam, thank you for coming on, mate. It's always good to have a chat with you on Sunday morning. 
Oh, absolutely, mate. Anytime, anytime. Afternoon now. It's been that long. It's it been is. Afternoon. It is. We did it a little later this week as well because of obviously with the minute silence at, uh, at 11, uh, 11 a.m. Obviously, I didn't want to be on, on the stream at that point. So yeah. we've extended into the um, afternoon, but football starts in an hour. I don't know who's on TV, but there's four games. Oh, yeah. um, so I'll, I'll, I'll watch some of them. Then, then you'll be watching the NFL later. There you loving go. Life, mate. Just loving life. Yeah. Sundays, yeah. Sundays are an absolutely perfect day. Yeah, I agree. I agree. Well, Sam, thanks for coming on, mate. It's been a pleasure. If you've joined the stream later on, you should know by now that once the stream ends, it starts, it goes on, it processes through YouTube, it becomes a standalone video. You can watch it as and when. And if you've joined it and you're about to go out or you need to go to work tomorrow, then you can listen to the podcast because I will upload it pretty much straight away as soon as um, I'm finished. But Sam, like I said, thank you. Everybody for commenting, thank you. Everybody for watching, thank you. Just a reminder, Casual Minds Matter, casualmindsmatter.co.uk, is it? Or is it .com? I'll just quickly get the sheet out. If you uh, want a chat, it's .com, casualmindsmatter.com. And then head over there. We are teaming up with them to try and promote what they're doing and the stuff that they do. Uh, and, of course, if you are looking for a new car, please head to Wave Car Finance. They'll sort you out. They sorted me out. They're absolutely fantastic. But thanks, everybody, for watching. Thanks, everybody, for listening. Thanks, everybody, for commenting. Big thanks to Sam for coming on, and we will see you next time. Bye. It's the 90th minute. All your mates around, you've got your McNugget share boxes ready to go. Your mates have already got booked for double dipping, and you steal the last nugget, snatching all three points. Perfect. Ornament delivery now on the McDonald's app. You in? At participating restaurants, 18 plus, serving times, delivery fee, and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport, powered by fans.